This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the ever-faithful sous chef of the garden, Franklin David Proctor. I like and the sounds of that. Like Ever-faithful. Yes. Sound oh, a, I thought you... Sound a bit like a, a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Wait. <laughs> oh, no, I can't go there. Uh, stop that. Stop that. Uh, Charlie. Let's welcome well, Lorraine Well, I was Flanagan. about to, and then you give me a shot like that. We do anything else. <laughs> we right. have a special guest. I'll let Charlie introduce yes. our special guest. Yes. Welcome, Lorraine Flanagan, again to the Garden Show. Hey, Charlie and Frank, it's great to be here. And you're in the flesh for a change. Woo! I am. Last yeah, I time, am. Well, last time we had you on air, you were in Japan. Yes, we Skyped me in. Yes, yes from we, Japan. Hey, that's right. yeah. From the Gardening yep, yep. World Fair. That's right. Yeah. That, and that yeah. was very fun. You are like Miss World Traveler. <gasps> I no. try to be. Yes. <laughs> I, I, just as you were coming in the studio here, just before airtime, uh, Charlie said, yeah, I spent three weeks uh, trans, you know, going across Canada. And I said, yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. So we're going to hear about that, I it's hope. A, uh, absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the reasons Lorraine is here is because she did spend the last three weeks tr- crisscrossing Canada, <laughs> uh, slow boat to China, I think, in some ways. But it was all part of the Communities and in Bloom program. That's right. Right. Yes. Yes, For, you've done that. Yes, well, too. Lorraine is a first-year volunteer judge. I'm a rookie, and <laughs> boy, did they really slap it to her in yeah. terms of number Ooh. of communities. How many places? Did there you visit? were seven communities that we visited in a little less than three weeks, like 19 days, I think it was. Wow, wow. So yeah. Saskatchewan, okay. Alberta, Newfoundland, Ontario, Manitoba. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know there are going to be questions not only about, you know, regular gardening stuff, mm-hmm. but questions oh, for Lorraine. So good point. But Better... let, me, let me get the phone numbers on the yes, air here, dear. okay, for those, particularly those of you who are just tuning in for the very first time. This is The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. Charlie Dobbin is the master gardener. I am the under-under gardener or the sous chef. Okay, here are the numbers. In Toronto, 416-360-0740. Or anywhere else in the province, of course, toll-free, one. 1- 866-740-4740. Our motto is call early, call often. One question per call. And let Sebastian know if you're a first-time caller because you will earn that. A welcome to the show. Garden wings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that sweet? That's very huh? sweet. <laughs> no, it's, it's a welcoming sound. Oh. Uh, okay, just one quick announcement. This weekend at the Royal Botanical Gardens, it's the very special mystical uh, event called, well, basically, a, what is it called? Uh-oh, here we go. Here we go. The great research, once again, <laughs> by Charlie Dobbin. <laughs> All right, let me just read what it's I've written down, event. shall I? <laughs> Rather oh. than trying to oh, wing geez. it. This is great. <laughs> Don't get me going. <laughs> All right, starting with calling all gnomes, fairies, pixies, and 
Spirit and sprites, spirits, spirits and sprites. Make your way to Royal Botanical Gardens, where a touch of magic awaits you. You should be taking your grandbabies to this. Meet mystical creatures, participate in magical activities, and learn the secrets of the enchanted garden. Well, today, tomorrow, and Monday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. in Hendry Park. And of course, the Royal Botanical Gardens is located at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. And the way we started the show today, I think spirits are in. Involved. Usually it's a little uh, flask that you carry. Spirited. A knot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I see we have callers on the line already to rescue us. Yes, good thing. Yeah, a darn good thing, too. All right. and so, we're, but we're going to talk more with Lorraine as we proceed into the show Absolutely. about her experience. You know, we've got a couple of minutes here to do that right now before we get to the callers. So Are you, you sure? Like yep, I'm sure. Frank's always producing the show. Yeah. Really? Okay. <laughs> Can you He's tell? the controller. Isn't uh, he, though? Full control. Uh, all right. So, Lorraine, um, <laughs> yes, as we darling. mentioned, first-time volunteer judge for the national program. And you told me last night that you actually judged seven communities. The population size ranged 4,000, 4,500 4, to 9,000. 9, yeah, that's right. So these are sort of… Kind of medium-sized towns. Towns, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And anything sort of come to mind that you wanted to share other than how much fun it was and how exhausting it was? Uh, it was fun. It was exhausting. It was intense. And I got a chance to kiss a cod, too. There you go. Yeah. Kiss a cod? I, kiss a cod. A, a cod. Oh, a cod. Oh, I thought you kiss a cop. <laughs> Frank has a son who is a police officer. Yeah. Oh, boy. Kelly, listen up. Yeah. No, no, no. It's called you were screeched in. I was screeched in in Newfoundland. No Absolutely. Kidding. That was a lot of fun. So but you, you do, as part of the process, you do have to kiss a cod. And it's a live cod or a dead cod? It's a dead cod. Oh. Is it like a like a stuffed cod, or is it no, it's recently dead? It's a it's, just... it's a real cod. Yeah. Although they did take pity on us, and I and they froze the cod. So oh, it's like so kissing an ice cube, really. Yeah, <laughs> smelly. A bit. Yeah, a little smelly. Uh, but but it was he, fun. Yeah. But you have a little imbibation along the way, do you not? To help with you the, do, and in, it's called screech. Oh yeah, that's the, that's the uh, collection of the bottom of the barrel, rum barrel. Yeah. And man, oh man, it's potent stuff. I guess Lorraine could tell us about that. Yeah. Is it potent stuff? Well, it made me kiss a cod. <laughs> You probably flew back without a plane. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? The communities really do welcome the judges, don't they, They Lorraine? do. They put on special events. Yeah. A ton of fun. Yeah. A ton of Come fun. Come here. Get well, this card. We're going to have a ton of fun throughout this, uh, this show. As a matter of fact, we have folks on the line. We, we do. are anxious to talk to you, Charlie and, and Lorraine. So uh, let's turn things over to Sebastian, who's done his work very well. Uh, getting all these callers lined up, including coming up in just a couple of moments, a first-time caller. So more with that in moments here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here feeling very intimidated because I have not only one uh, master gardener in studio, but two. Uh-huh. Lorraine is a master gardener yes, as well. Yes, she is. And mm. we can really make you feel like you know nothing about gardening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, Lydia, out in Brampton, welcome to the show. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Morning. Yes, um, I called last year about the, what's the name, hydrogen plant? Hydrangea? 
Yeah. And you told me to cut about eight inches because it wasn't flowering. Yes, in the we spring. We did the shear yep. and nothing happened. A couple of plants, they got just three or four flowers. I would like to know if there's anything else that we can do, especially for the one that didn't bloom at all. Lorraine's going to make a suggestion for what you might want to consider doing, Lydia. Okay. Lydia, can I just ask, did you fertilize at all in the early spring? Yes, my husband is doing all that. Uh, Okay. And is your hydrangea getting a lot of sun? Because to flower, it needs some sun, not a lot for hydrangeas, because they they can thrive in some shade. Well, we have a big tree in front, so it's not uh, doing all day sun. And in the back, the, the big, big one is really big. And even that is, well, it's getting the sun from, uh, let's say, from uh, 12 till 3, 4 o'clock. Huh. Well, that should be enough for hydrangeas, Okay, but, think, rem- Charlie? but remember, Lydia, are the hydrangea, when it flowers, it has the round flowers, right? Yes. Ball, ball shaped. Okay, so there are... <clears throat> We call those mop head hydrangeas or hydrangea macrophylla. There are many varieties. The very old varieties often don't bloom at all. They just give you a lot of green leaves because the flower buds get frosted off in the winter and what grows in the spring is all the new green growth and not a lot of flower buds are there to to bloom. Uh Now, the newer varieties, which all began with something called endless summer, is supposed to bloom on both new and old growth. I've had several people stop me on the street to say, my endless summer isn't blooming this year. And I just look them in the eye and go, mine didn't bloom last year. They they do seem to be a bit inconsistent. This year, my little endless summer probably has eight blooms on it. But last year, I don't think it had any. So hydrangeas are challenging that way. I, and again, these are the mop head ones we're talking about, the ball-shaped flowers. Yeah. They are. There's just not a lot of consistency in my experience in the flowering of those particular plants. But, you know, be patient. If you love them, as, as Lorraine said, fertilize. Make sure the soil has been amended with good compost or manure. Water as necessary. Half-day sun should be enough. And if yeah. you're just too frustrated with too much green, then compost the plant and get something that will bloom more consistently. Yeah, because the one that, that I told you didn't bloom, it bloomed when we got it, mm-hmm. and then after that, that's it. It yeah. didn't bloom anymore. Yeah. But you said you've got a few blooms on it this year. Yeah, and, and four in the front, yeah, a few. But the one, uh, the one, the big one, yeah. just leaves. Just that's all. Like, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, yeah, it's, it, it, at some point, I know I, I got frustrated after about 10 years of a green hydrangea <laughs> and, uh, you know, got out the, the shovel and, and sent it off to the composter in Compost, the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Compost heaven. Yes. yes. My husband says, if you don't bloom, I'm going to uh, uh, take you out. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 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 Threats were. Good work. attitude. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I got enough of you can't refuse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, threats work. Plants do listen sometimes. So. Yeah. Well, Good idea. We went to we went to Cape Cod uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the blue, beautiful, full, full of plants in blue, in blue, blue. Be- beautiful. Yeah, well, we had it's a little cooler here than Cape Cod yeah. that our winter, so that has a bit of impact on the hydrangeas too. Thank you very Thanks, much, Lydia. Lydia, Lydia, for uh, getting into the show in a great, great way. There, hey, you know, uh, we'd mentioned first-time callers. We mm. have one. Yay! 
Hey, Dolores in Toronto. Good morning and welcome to the show. Hi. Welcome. My question is also on hydrangeas. Mm -hmm. I had beautiful blooms last year. This year it hasn't bloomed as much, but I'm getting brown spots, big, large brown areas on them. On the leaves. On the leaves, right. Mm. Um, Okay, so... Yes, you probably have some kind of a fungal rust or, or a fungal disease going on in the leaves. Okay. It, but it's not something that I'd be overly worried about. It's August, right? It, right. And once it's August, today's August 1st, so, you know, welcome, welcome August. But it, it's just ultimately those leaves are going to get frosted and drop off in the next five to six weeks, right? So right. to worry about having those leaves in perfect condition now, unless your daughter's wedding is in your backyard this weekend, I wouldn't worry about it. Just let them be. I mean, if they're, if they're super brown and they, they get crunchy and yellow, remember good garden hygiene, clean up any diseased leaves that fall. But I wouldn't be overly concerned. Next year's a whole new year all new leaves. Um, okay. It's been a moist, moist spring and early summer and then super dry, obviously. And that's meant a lot of fungal diseases in the gardens this year. Well, I think they're also, from what the last caller, I think they may be getting too much sun. They're right in the front. Mm, yep. If it's, if it's, are they getting full day sun? Yes. Right. And then you think that you need to water every day because they go completely limp every day, Right. Right. Right, so don't do that. Don't water every day. Wait, as soon as the sun goes down a bit, those leaves perk up. Uh, check the soil. And I think we're all kind of falling into this worry around limp plants in the hot sun, and we think they need water. But check the soil before you water. Quite often, they're, just, they're overwhelmed by the heat and the sun. As soon as the sun goes down, temperature drops a tiny bit, everything perks right back up. So be careful Thanks. about overwatering. Okay, thank okay. you very much. Thanks for calling. Bye. Yeah, thanks Lorraine, for being you laughed when I there. said that, but well, you've been away for the last three weeks, but uh, yeah, it's been yeah. super hot here. Yeah. When we had no rain. Oh, brother, hot. No rain right. at all. No rain at all. And I, I, even my, my neighbor, who's a fairly beginner gardener, she was wandering around my garden and she said, you know, she's so worried about her hydrangeas because they keep going all the limp every yeah, afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And, and she said, I wonder if I'm overwatering them. And I said, Are you watering every day? She said, Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're overwatering. <laughs> Nine, 9.22 right. here on The Garden Show. Bridget and Barry are on the line. We'll be back to them, and it'll be fine. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And we have a special guest in studio. Charlie, reintroduce Lorraine and give her stats. Uh, (laughs) Give her stats. <laughs> She's about uh, five foot three and <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. And her name is Lorraine Flanagan. She is a master gardener. She's also a volunteer judge with Communities in Bloom. And also, yeah. you have a blog. I do have a city blog. gardener. City gardening online. Yeah, gardening exactly. Online. That yeah. I just go city gardening online. C- and that's it. www.citygardeningonline. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, let's check that out. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So Lorraine does a whole bunch of things, and she has been out and about, and is exhausted after visiting <laughs> many communities and seeing. And and you and I were saying it's not just about the flowers. It's not just about the flowers, and a lot of people think that communities in bloom is all about the landscape and 
the wonderful hanging bla- baskets that towns have in their downtown core. But actually, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. We looked at landfill sites. <laughs> I mean, how much fun is that? Actually, <laughs> because that's all sort of um, having uh, sensitivity to the environment is a big right. component yeah. mm-hmm. of communities in bloom. Right. So, yeah, landfill sites, recycling programs, mm-hmm. sewage lagoons, mm-hmm. and my favorite composting piles. Oh, my God. Some of these communities are doing amazing work with composting. Yeah, really. And yeah. did you see any community gardens when you were out? Yeah, a few community gardens, mm-hmm. yeah, where people would have um, a little plot, mm-hmm. an allotment, and, uh, oh, some really well-kept ones, too. And uh, some had tomatoes to kind of beat your cherry tomatoes. Oh, I know. Charlie. Sebastian's got the box of tomatoes. Uh, we're going to have to get them after the break here and bring them on air. Show Charlie everybody. gave me one before the show. I bit into it and it exploded and it got all over my shirt and everything. It but it was good. Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sure what's matters. There's little. I just brought little cherry, yellow cherry tomatoes that from my garden, obviously. I also dug my garlic this week. Oh wow! <clears throat> yeah, twenty-two big bulbs of. I want one because you know you me would. and garlic. <laughs> uh, I knew you'd garlic want one. and butter I'm, and spaghetti. I'm drawing. Oh, <laughs> I'm drawing. I'll bring you one next week. Okay, Bridget is waiting patiently online to be uh, introduced. Here she is from Port Dover, and she's arrived here on the Garden Show. Hello, Bridget. Hello, thank you so much for taking my call. Really enjoy the show. Thank you. My question is about a black walnut tree. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two of them on the northwest side of the house, uh, which is on a corner lot, um, and they're about five feet away on the road allowance, so they're really not mine, but mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> um, the uh, leaves... Um, I guess started falling at the beginning of July. The one I'm, one of them is absolutely fine. The one I'm talking about is approximately three stories high. In 2013, sewage pipe was renewed to the road, and I don't know if there was root damage then because we weren't here. Sounds like it might have been. Um, and uh, the leaves are quite yellow when they fall with black spots on them. Mm-hmm. The top canopy is about 30% now but the bottom is still 100%. It's hmm. always had a, a few sort of um, deadish-looking branches, which, you know, uh, the wind does sort of uh, nature's pruning. Right. Um, but, <clears throat> but there are trees, right? They're single-stem trees? Yep. Yep, okay. Yeah, it doesn't bifurcate until hmm. it's about 18 feet high. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so, um, the, as you point out, they don't actually belong to you. They're on city property. Yeah. And... They're lovely trees. Yep. And I would be inclined to go to my either the Parks and Rec in Port Dover or the Public Works, depending on who's in charge of the urban forestry in Port Dover. Right. There, there will be something on their website. Usually there's an opportunity to send an email or get a phone number and call them. And because it is a city tree, <clears throat> it's technically their responsibility to ensure the health. And they'll shut the whole thing down. Well, if you're worried that, that that's what they might do, because you're right, sometimes they say there is no hope and they just cut it down. Yeah. You could call a local certified arborist okay. and have them come onto the property and give you an assessment on what they think. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, um, yeah. And if massive root damage was done, there are there's deep root feeding that can be done. There's um, as necessary, you know, a certain amount of soil amending can be done. 
to, to try and, you know, help the plant be healthier. Yeah. The thing about trees is they never die fast. You, no. you never see a tree die overnight. No. The way you'll see a tomato plant die overnight <laughs> sometimes, right? Yeah. Trees yeah. take years to die. Yeah. And it's that long process of slowly dying that yeah. we suddenly realize they're dying and often it's too late by the time we realize yeah. it. I just, you know, it, it was peculiar because um, 2014, um, it, it looked really, really healthy. And mm. we had a very wet spring here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just surprising, you know, because it seemed awfully early for leaves to be blowing. You know, yeah, it, early defoliation is always a sign of something going on. So the question is what, right? Yeah. So, so, so something's wrong. The plant is not happy. But trees have a lot of energy stored within them. So yeah. often they can overcome adversity and grow more leaves or, you know, do things to try and get through the season. Because remember, it's all about the leaves. They yeah. need leaves to photosynthesize, yeah. to then convert into carbohydrates, to then right. survive for another year. Yeah. So when a tree defoliates early, we, we get concerned and honestly, it's probably best to get somebody on the property who can really take a proper look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for okay, calling. Okay, Bridget. Appreciate your advice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Always enjoy the show. It's great. Are, are you, are you uh, right you. in Port Dover, Bridget? Yeah. Because uh, every time I think of Port Dover, I think of that restaurant right down at the water's edge almost that serves uh, fish and chips. Yeah. Um, I know. Do you know yeah. the one? Yeah, I know the one too. Perch, I guess it is Perch the uh, yeah. Surf Lodge. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a there's a wonderful restaurant um, called the Beach House, which is right mm. on the beach. That's yeah. it. Palm trees out. Palm trees, That's exactly. Yeah. Growing out of the beach. Yeah. Well, maybe cool. we'll, we'll see <laughs> you there sometime. But we don't like to advertise it too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, shh, yeah. shh. Okay, don't go there. Don't go there, folks. No. Highly confidential. Terrible place. Terrible place. Yeah, yeah. Not Thanks, good Bridget. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us here on The Garden Show, Zoomer Radio, where uh, Barry from North York is. Hey, Barry, first time caller. Morning. Hi, Welcome. good morning. Enjoying this beautiful day. Isn't nice. it gorgeous? Yeah. Yes. I love your sense of humor, Frank. Well, thank you very only much. Only Frank's, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you only enjoy Frank's sense of humor? Well, I, well, I, I haven't heard yours yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love you. All Barry. right. You you've just made a really well, good friend. <laughs> well, uh, you've heard of a green thumb, I'm sure. Well, I'm a black thumb. No, there's no such thing. Oh, gosh, yeah. Every time a friend gives me a plant, it dies, and this one's dying. Mm. And I think it's a bamboo. I looked on the Google. That's how much I know about plants. But I think it's a bamboo. But, I mean, I, I, I thought it was sun, so uh, I opened up the drapes the other day, and I said, okay, Matilda, <laughs> here's all sorts of sun. <laughs> and it's still dying, and I just, it, it's not in a... It's not in a pot. The, the friend gave it to me, and I figured it was beautiful. And I gave it to him and said, yeah, nice, lively plant. So I figure I'll keep it in the same cylinder that he has. It's yeah. a glass cylinder with water. Yeah, it's what they call lucky, lucky bamboo. bamboo. Yeah. 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 Well, go ahead, Lorraine. Yeah. You wanted to say something? Well, you know what it is. <laughs> I know a, what it is. Yeah. It's very ornamental. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a dracaena. Well, today it isn't. <laughs> All right, so it's a bit yellow. <laughs> okay, look, so it's in a cylinder. Are there stones in the cylinder or just water? No, just water. Okay, and there's roots, obviously, on the tips on the and tips of the stems, right? Oh yeah. Okay, good. Here's what you're gonna do. All right, go to your kitchen sink. You're gonna dump all that water into the sink. You're gonna scrub the cylinder out with soap and water, and then rinse it very thoroughly. 
Then you're going to take this very unhappy little lucky bamboo. You're going to peel off any pure yellow leaves and compost them. You're going to jam those stems back into that cylinder. You're going to put some room temperature water, preferably if you have bottled water or filtered water. You're going to put the plant in, because you want to avoid fluoride if you can uh, with Dracaena. Put the stems back into the cylinder, fresh water, like I say, preferably not tap water. No, it doesn't need to go directly in a window, but it does like a bright spot. So 10 feet away from a southern window, even 15 feet away from a southern or western window is bright enough for that plant. And you will see green, new green shoots are going to start to come out the top of it. Really? Okay, so that oh, sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it's so, not. It's <laughs> not. A little scrub. Cleaning the, the, yeah. the cylinder, that's, uh, that's the key? That we, what I think might be happening, you might have some stagnant water in the cylinder, which the plant isn't really liking, and the light levels might be off. So it doesn't have to be super bright or super intensely um, direct sunlight, but it does need a bright spot. And yeah, I would well, suggest I clean water. I see the sun rise every, every day. It's, it's um, southeast. East. Today, southeast. So that's nice. That's good. You just don't have to be right on the window ledge with that exposure. You oh, no. Be... It's, on, it's on the floor. Okay. How big is this plant? Uh, I'd say it's about, let's see, um, I, I think in feet. So let's see. Let's see. That's um, probably about three feet. Holy cow. That's big. That's a big one to be growing in water. Uh, Okay, so um, this is going to be even more work, but you could (laughs) pot that plant into a pot with potting soil, and then your life would probably be simpler. You wouldn't have to do that washing of the the cylinder and replacing of the water as often. But you would have to get a pot, right? And some potting potting soil. Some good potting soil, not from the garden. No, no, no. no. Right about now, Barry, I think you're sad you're cold, right? (laughs) (laughs) So if I do the cylinder thing, because the potting thing, I, I, I don't know about that, but the, uh, that, 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 that would help? That, that would do it? I believe it would help, yes. Wash the cylinder out? Okay, I hope you're right. Uh, hey, give us- Zilda, and i got to play classical music to it, right? No, <laughs> and 740 music. Be nicely. Do, do, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, admire it. As soon as it looks a little better, tell it how good it looks, and it will look even better. <laughs> okay, that's the positive approach. And that's you right. And let us know how this works out. I want to hear back. Okay. 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 Thank you very much. Thanks and, for uh, calling. Have a great Lord Simcoe Day weekend. And you Good too. For you. Thank you. Okay. All Thanks. right. Take care. Okay. Here's okay. Barry Bye. from North York making the program a lot more fun. Mm. And uh, that's what we love. And he only show. likes your sense of humor. Well, he's he's <laughs> waiting for you to display yours. I was. And once once thank you, you do, for pointing he'll probably call. that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of first time callers, my gosh, look at this, Paul in Toronto. Wow. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. I was laughing at that conversation, too. Um, That was great. Thank you very much. Um, I have about a 30-year-old Crimson King maple, um, and I'm just trying to find out the longevity of those trees. Um, uh, I'm noticing the other ones in the neighborhood, too. It was nice and full a number of years ago, and now it seems to be less and less. And and, uh, and I'm just trying to find out, is there anything you can do to sort of bring more foliage into the tree and and I have had it pruned and so forth to okay. try and bring it back over the last number of years. I know that one of the branches on the tree um, uh, was a little more full and, and it became heavy and, and one of them kind of cracked a bit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just wondering what I can do to try and... Mm-hmm. Um, maintain. Maintain it, yes. Okay. 
So Crimson King Maple, which is a Norway maple with the purple leaves, yeah. uh, is a plant that should live happily uh, it's up to even maybe 100 years. Oh, really? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, 50 to 100 years. That would be the most, though. Now, what causes the demise of this plant are a couple things. One is... Um, as you pointed out, they can get so dense and the branch structure gets so, you know, over sort of rot heavy, and yeah. too heavy. You start getting big winds, you get breakage, you know, ice storms, you get breakage. So thinning the canopy of, uh, of any Norway maple by a professional is a great idea and should be done about every five years. That allows air circulation and light to penetrate into the canopy of the tree. You'll have healthier leaves, you'll have uh, bigger leaves, and uh, you won't have all that unnecessary weight, <clears throat> excuse me, and breakage. The other, there's two other things though. Norway maples are famous for girdling roots. They, they kill themselves. They actually will commit suicide by uh, strangulation, yeah, strangulation yeah. below just below the surface wow. and one of the ways you know that you've got that going on is you look at the, the stem the trunk of the tree right down as it comes down to ground if the, the the trunk flares as it reaches the ground you'll know that the roots are growing out to the outside of the trunk okay. if you look and it's straight down, the, the trunk goes straight down and often it'll even be flat. It won't even have a proper curve on it. It'll be a flat edge on that trunk. You, that's the first thing we suspect is that there is a root at that point that is then starting that twist around the plant and that can, will kill the tree eventually. It takes wow. years, but it will kill it eventually. And the one other thing is a disease called anthracnose. And anthracnose is something that um, you'll see, the leaves will be small, they'll be very sparse, you'll often see um, holes in the leaves, you'll see just unhealthy looking leaves. And that is something that can only be treated properly by being sprayed by, again, a, a professional who has access to the right uh, chemical sprays. So it all, it all starts with ensuring that the roots are fine. And one of the things I love doing to keep my Norway maple happy is deep root feeding. You can do it yourself with a with a deep root feeder, which you can pick up at Canadian Tire or Home Depot. It's just a long probe. Stick it down under the ground. It hooks up to your hose. Fertilizer goes in a little reservoir, and you shoot the water down huh. deep. It's about a meter that you'll be putting that fertilized water down. And Norway maples love being deep root fed. They're, well, and they're, when do you do that, Charlie? <clears throat> you can do that in the spring. Mm. You can do that in the um, early to mid-fall. You wouldn't do it now. Now necessarily, but uh, you know, sort of in September, you can because the plant will will absorb some of that fertilizer in that time frame as things are slowing down in the fall. But some of that fertilizer will be there next spring as well. So it just gives them a real boost. Uh, we typically don't fertilize in July, but you can, like I say, in September. And um, so those are the kinds of things I would look at. Like just go out and really study and think seriously about about a deep root feeder or hiring again a certified arborist to do it for you. Okay, really appreciate that. My pleasure. Hey, thank, thank you for all your sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, thanks for calling. Thank, thank you so much. Taking pity on you was Paul. I know. It is 941 here on The Garden Show. Let me uh, repeat the phone numbers here. 416-360-0740 for those in the Toronto area. Anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. Lorraine Flanagan is in studio. She is, uh, as well as Charlie, is a uh, 
a master gardener, and uh, I am just the undergardener. Yes, under, I know. under, the under, undergardener, sous chef. <laughs> and uh, under. we're waiting. We're waiting to have a chat with Carol in Hamilton. She'll come along after we talk to Rochelle. After these words, don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, here's your little ray of sunshine, your, uh, I would say, oral vitamin D, Frankie Proctor here. Uh, (laughs) Excuse me. I know, I know. I've got to stop this. Uh, Rochelle, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Uh, Just a fast preamble. I saw on the news last night... That there are that there is a town with a rat issue, and I blame it on the uh, on the uh, organization that's gotten rid of all the alley cats. However, that said, I have a composter, and I mm-hmm. put fruit and vegetables. I'm very careful not to put any meat or fish or anything in it. Mm-hmm. But I'm concerned now. Um, Somebody told me, a very smart woman told me that she doesn't have a composter because of animals. Okay. Mm. And have you had any uh, sense that there might be animals in your or near your composter? No, no, I haven't had any sense yet. Um, There was a rat in the garage and there was a rat on my back doorstep, but I attributed that to... uh, stupidity and lack of predators okay so it's an and interesting question yeah. L- Lorraine what do you think do you think compost piles attract rats or support rat populations in I, urban I, I think if you're being as careful as this listener is um, they shouldn't attract rats at all mm-hmm. um, you're not putting any meat um, any sort of protein material in that if you're just putting kitchen waste like you know lettuce leaves uh, coffee grounds coffee grounds tea bags eggshells mm-hmm. then yeah. that's that's fine. That should not attract rats. And, yeah. But do you also layer into your composter some soil every now and then? Uh, also some, because you know it's that all about the composition of how we make our compost. We've got the green material, which is our leaves and our kitchen waste. We've got the brown material, which is things like dried leaves, soil, straw, even ripped up newspapers. So it's really important to make sure that you're not just filling the composter up with uh, raw materials. Because it can, can start I, to smell. Okay, can I take uh, the uh, per- completed compost and and pour it in because I'm a little short of soil? Can I recycle the completed compost because I have good soil there at the bottom? Yep, yep, exactly. That's why we turn turn, over. Yep. turn the pile. I on my property, I have like several different composters, and I'm constantly switching stuff back and forth because I don't want it to smell. Right? It, right. it, it can in the heat. Even you put some grass clippings in there, and it's not a nice smell. <laughs> you know, but, um, but but you need that air. You need the aeration right. going so on. That's so turning, turning that pile really helps. It cools it down. Yeah. It, helps with the decomposition and it provides the opportunity to add in those other materials. I also have 
a cat and several neighborhood cats. And I know on occasion I have had mice nest in my composters over the winter. And it's very funny because the cats all just line up. They sit right at the composter. <laughs> they're all like six of them in a row. And there's, they sit Here there comes and, lunch. They, yeah. Yeah, come on out anytime. And, and then they tag team the mice, right? They, they just, you know, they set up little triangles and there's a, a mouse and the, the poor little mouse is just batted back and forth between three cats. So, Rochelle, to cut to the chase, yeah. I think what you're doing, uh, you're doing fine because if you do what you're doing, there'll have no big mouse at your house. You know? <laughs> so, uh, take, yeah. it, take it from Charlie. I, it you're it doing shouldn't okay, be a problem. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. okay. Thank you. All righty. Thank you very much. And hey, first time caller, Carol from Hamilton on the line. Hello, Carol. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. How mm-hmm. are you? Good morning. Great, great. I, I think that maybe my call is in vain because I my tree may be dead. <laughs> oh. I'm well, we'll arrange a funeral. What What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have um, a three-year-old Japanese maple, mm-hmm. and it didn't seem very healthy in the spring. Only some of the branches got leaves on them. Mm-hmm. But I kind of babied it, and I cut away a little bit of the branching that didn't get leaves. Mm -hmm. And now the tree has just shriveled up. The leaves that came out just shriveled up. Mm. Hmm. Might be time to say sayonara to the (laughs) Japanese (laughs) maker. Oh, that's from the under, under, under gardener. The under gardener. Yes, that's right. He knows all about undertaking trees. Oh, he does. Mm, He does. I kill (laughs) him, One of his specialties. Well, I was just Mm. wondering whether you thought I should leave it in until next winter and see if it comes, Mm. next spring, see if it comes alive or put another tree in. What did it look like last year? It was beautiful. It was really healthy. Mm. Uh, okay, and is it a weeping form of Japanese maple or upright? Upright. And how much sun is it getting full. daily? Full, full day sun. So facing like south or so right out in the open. Well, it's yeah, faces east. Oh, faces east. Southeast. Wow. Hmm. But but it doesn't get any shade. So um, okay, and when it was planted, what kind of soil are you in in Hamilton? Is it really clay soil or sandy or something in between? something in between. It's not the greatest soil, and truthfully enough, there was a big pine tree where this is that we had removed, and they did dig out the stump, but this poor tree got planted on top okay. of where that tree oh, was. It was. Oh. Hmm. So I don't know. Um, okay, and you fertilized this tree in the spring? Yeah. Yeah, and you said you cut out some of the dead stuff. What I would do now is I'd probably go out and I would, with my thumbnail, scrape just gently uh, in a couple spots, and the bark. Mm-hmm. And just look and see what's underneath there. If it's all dry and crispy and the whole thing just is, you know, wizened up, then it's done. But if there's some life to it, mm-hmm. I if you can leave it, like if it's not in a spot that's just going to be super, you know, unattractive, it, it's almost worth a try. It's sometimes interesting how trees will just go into this, like, inf- unexpected dormancy and then bounce back. Um, being on top of where there was a, an old evergreen and where the roots were left behind, right? When the stump mm-hmm. comes out, the roots stay. Right. The roots are in the process of de- decomposing. And so right. there's a whole bunch of microbial activity going on beneath where that Japanese maple was planted. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if there 
that's affecting the Japanese maple's ability to actually absorb nutrients. Okay. So, bottom line is, see if there's any life. Double check that the stem is in good shape, that it's not split or anything like that, the main no, trunk. No, it's not. Um, and, and, yeah, just if it's crispy all, all the way through, then dig it up and start again. But when you do replant, I'd highly recommend some bone meal when you plant okay. and some good quality composted manure, some fresh triple mix, anything like that. Just try and amend that soil as much as you can to freshen it up. Okay. Okay. Now... Someone else told me because it's in the center of a flower bed, mm-hmm. and the the perimeter around this tree is hostas, and then it goes into other flowers. Mm-hmm. And somebody told me that you're not supposed to put hostas around a new Japanese maple. Uh, no, um, maybe what that person was referring to is when we plant plants. The first one that gets planted gets more established, and then you set plant more plants, and you set up a competition. And when the competition for nutrients and moisture starts, the first planted plant wins. So, for example, we plant a tree in the middle of our lawn. We never want to grow so, um, lawn right up to the tree because the lawn will compete with the newly planted tree and the poor little tree will suffer. So sometimes we like to give a newly planted tree particularly a chance to get a bit established before we start planting in around it. But bottom line is hostas are just not that big of feeders or deep-rooted or any of that stuff, so I wouldn't be concerned. All right, then I'll try scraping down, and if it looks like um, a living Mm -hmm. tree, Mm -hmm. leave it another year. Yeah, try it. See what happens next spring. Let us know, okay? Keep Thanks, in touch. Carol. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for calling. Thank you. <clears throat> it's 9.52. Charlie Dobbin is here. Lorraine Flanagan, too. In just a few secs, Frankie will introduce Tony to you. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, uh, Lorraine Flanagan, it's delightful to uh, have you in the studio today. We're having a ton of fun with Charlie. I know. And you know what, Lorraine, there's something she wants to tell us about. She saw the world's largest... Pisanka. No kidding. Yes, I know you're impressed. No. <laughs> it sounded kind of rude to me. No, not at all. No, no, no. It's oh, very no. beautiful, a actually. Okay. Yes. A pisenka is a Ukrainian Easter egg. Oh. I know, I know. And it resides in Vegerville um, and in Alberta. And that's is it where I visited. Is to that area? It, well, there are, is yes, a huge, huge Ukrainian population in Vegerville. Oh, and right. so they, oh yeah, there, you've got it up on your yeah. screen. Well, Can your a, listeners see it? No, yeah. Is it yeah. Oh, there it I'll is. There, I bet you that's yeah. it right there. Beautiful. Oh Isn't it gorgeous? Vegerville. They're just celebrating. <laughs> they're celebrating actually the 40th anniversary of the creation of this pisenka this year, this summer. Do you know, folks? If you want to go online, it's spelled V E G R E V I L L E, and and you'll come up with the picture of this huge, it's gorgeous, or yeah. just Google pisenka P Y S A World Largest. Yeah. All right. So that is one large pisenka. It is. Yeah, and we stood. Right underneath it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We've got lots Excellent. of pictures. Do, yeah. So that is part of, obviously, the heritage 
element of yes. communities in mm -hmm. bloom, yeah. which looks at a, a number of different sort of characteristics, including, as you say, heritage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's buildings, and sometimes it's uh, you know old um, sites, whether it's you know farms. I mean, museums. Museums for sure. Lots. We saw actually a couple of agricultural museums, mm -hmm. and they were fun. So you see all the old tractors, Massey Ferguson tractors, all lined up. Yeah, right? that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And then all the the baking implements and the old oh, washing meat and grinders. My God, one museum had. <laughs> like a million meat grinders <laughs> lined up on the yes the ones you crank with yeah, the yeah, hand yeah right? yeah yeah, wow. yeah i took a picture of it it's on my facebook page oh yeah. there you go okay yeah, yeah. city gardening wow and that's no. on facebook so, so facebook you have to go you. lorraine flanagan on city gardening and facebook and you'll find the meat grinders and a picture of the basenka okay. yes. well I, I found tony he's online from jackson <laughs> point and he's waiting patiently online good morning tony Buongiorno, uh, first time caller. Buongiorno. Oh, wait, wait a minute, first we got a caller. Oh, welcome, welcome. Okay. Yeah, I think I had one of those things removed about two years ago. <laughs> those pasankas? <laughs> yes, uh, I grew somewhere. Anyhow, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I've been known to kill plastic plants. That's all that works in that last caller who called, that guy who called earlier. Yeah, you'd get along uh, well with Frank, too. My, my question is, is I got spike plants that uh, my dad used to keep back in the day in her it used to grow to about four or five feet tall, and you bring them in for the winter and take them out in the summer. Uh, and this year, I, I don't know what I did wrong, but I took them out in May, and I started watering them in May, and I had a few of them die on me. When would be the best time to, uh, to to bring them out and water them, so that way I know. Okay, wait, so these were in your house all winter? Yeah. And you took them out for the summer? Yes, around May. I took around them May. Them. Now, you're in Jackson Point, and there was a very... Frosty evening on May the twenty third. Were they outside before that night? Yeah, it was before that. I brought them in for the frosty night. Oh, you did. Good. Okay, good. And uh, I think I watered them too soon. Like you, know, I guess you like to do. My dad used to put them in a bag and throw them in a wine stall. <laughs> oh, are and, these geraniums? Uh, no, they're spike. They're spike plants. They're green, big spike Just, plants. They're like kind of tropical. Looking. Yeah, like dracaenas. Or yeah, a spike and, is typically a, a dracaena. Huh. All right. So your dad would he would overwinter them just out of the pot, let them go dormant. But for your purposes, you should are they in pots? Yeah, I leave them in pots. Good. I just bring them in in the house and leave them out of the house, and yeah. it's, uh, and I find that when I bring them out and they get sun too soon, they burn. That's right. So what you know is that when you take them outside, you put them into the shade. Shade, okay. And you leave them in the shade, preferably out of the wind and out of the sun, for at least two weeks. You okay. do water as necessary. They are in pots with drainage. So you yeah. take the, the saucers away if necessary, water thoroughly. But, of course, the drainage is free-flowing, so there's no problem with overwatering. And then uh, at, after two to three weeks, you move the plants into, the, in, into wherever you want to put them. Yeah, but if I under, and when they're inside, I should not water them. My dad never used to water them. He used to put them in a bag. Right, I but if you... have gone to the before he, he left his earth, but uh, we get a chance to. But uh, I find when they're inside... But I, inside, uh, inside you should water them about once a month. Once a month? Yeah, because oh, you've okay. got them in pots, right? He yeah. had them just dormant in bags. You've got them in pots. They're getting light. They do okay. need to be watered every now and then. So yeah, we got to let you go, Tony. The show is over. Yeah, the Pan Am games are gone. And enjoy your show. And I want to say hi to Linda across the street. She's listening to you guys today. Oh, oh wonderful. Thanks That's so much. Right thank you. We're uh, approaching the finish line here really quickly. We so uh, thank you to uh, Lorraine Flanagan. Yes, thank it was you great to be here. Thank you so us. much for inviting me. And thanks for joining us and sharing with some of your communities in bloom experiences. I know you had a lot of fun. I did have a lot of fun. And would Sebastian you do it again? With the cod and the pisanka. Would you do it again? 
I'm probably going to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Sebastian. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.